Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Shine. And I have a wonderful guest today. Coming to us is Susan Crony, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Legal Officer of MI Homes. I had the privilege of connecting with Susan just a few weeks ago. We had a wonderful conversation about all things you know, corporate climbing, being a working mom, what does that look like? How do we navigate it? And I just left our conversation really inspired. And I sent Susan an email and I was like, I can't stop thinking about our conversation. Can you please come on my podcast and share with other ladies some of the great stuff that we talked about? And Susan obliged, which I'm so grateful for. So Susan, thank you and welcome to Rise and Shine. Thank you. Good morning. I'm very excited for the conversation. Yeah. So let's just start with the the most basic question. One of the things I love to do when I have guests, uh, especially ladies that are guests, is I like to call them her story, right? Like this is sharing your journey and everything that you've been through. So why don't you tell us just a quick synopsis of your background, the work that you've done, and how you've landed where you are in home building as a CLO? Happy to do that. I have to. I do have to go back kind of to the beginning, um, just because I think it's it's important for my story. Because one thing when I'm talking to a lot of professional women, a lot of us say, "Oh, our path was non-traditional," and I would say the same thing. I would say, "Oh, my path was non-traditional." When I think about that, as I started meeting more people that had that non-traditional path, I think, of course, our paths were non-traditional. This world was made for men. This world was made, you know, for a a male with a spouse at home, you know, to thrive in. So, of course, we've all had to take kind of a little bit different route, right, to get to where we're going. So, for me, um, I'm one of seven kids, first one in my family to go to college worked full-time in college, still graduated in four years, set myself to law school going at night, worked full-time, and went to law school at night. So that is a four-year, year-round endeavor. Um, And then my husband and I, my husband's a lawyer as well. We both went to law school together. Um, We had gotten married before the summer of our, um, before in the summer, before our last year of law school. And so now we're at a pivotal point where what are we going to do? Because we knew we wanted to have a family, yet we both, you know, have just, um, you know, been educated and, and paid for these, you know, careers that we are, are hoping to start. And so um, we decided we wouldn't both chase the billable hour. So um, we actually, I was already working in a JD required position when I was in law school. Um, I had I had worked full time at the trust department at Bank One and ended up getting promoted to a JD required position while I was in law school that I went and advocated for. They were looking for a lawyer and I went to them and said, hey, I'm not a lawyer yet, but I'm working on it. You know, could you give me a chance in this role? And they did. So I ended up staying there when I first graduated law school. My husband went out into private practice and um, 
we had our first child there. And then I, I moved to another company, another bank to kind of lead their estate settlement department. Um, and I was there and actually pregnant with my second child when I decided this isn't really what I want to do with my legal career. Like, I feel like I'm already kind of tapped out. This is not what I thought my career would look like. I am pregnant and I did what almost nobody does. And that's, I started looking right when I was visibly pregnant and I thought, you know, may as well put the feelers out, start networking. And um, look, I'm a woman. I'm not ashamed that I'm of childbearing age and I am childbearing. Like that doesn't mean I'm any less productive for you. Right now, keep in mind, this is, this is nine. This is like early 2000s. My daughter was born in 2002. So this is, you know, 20, more than 20 years ago. So, um, Anyway, I did get hired, actually. Somebody called me. Um, my daughter was born on a Tuesday. Somebody called to interview me um, on Wednesday of that same week. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. And he said- I've been in the um, hospital getting an interview. You're such yeah, a badass, Susan. He called, of course, I was my second kid, so I'm a veteran by then, right? <laughs> Fortunately, everything had gone really well with the childbirth, so I'm feeling pretty good, but I am still in the hospital. And he says, um, hey, you know, um, like to talk to you. We, we've gotten your resume here and we think, you know, we, we just like to have a conversation. Can you, can we meet on Friday? And I said, well, and this is such a man's thing to do. I said, well, you know, I've actually just had a baby. <laughs> and he said, oh, he said, yeah, well, that's no problem. We can just, you know, we can just wear jeans and tennies if you want. And I'm thinking, first, I had two thoughts. My first thought was, are you kidding? I just had the baby like literally within the last 24 hours. And my second thought was, do you think I can fit in my jeans? <laughs> yeah, just for you. Jeans aren't even on the agenda right now. It's like, I, make I, I know. Know. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Oh my God. So I thought, but all of this is too much to explain to this man. I was really interested in the opportunity. So guess what? I showed up for that interview on Friday of the same week that oh I my had God. my daughter. I can't. And this, this is one of the first times I advocated for myself because I was planning on taking a six month maternity leave. If she, Hannah was our last child. We, you know, we had decided our family was complete after she was born. Um, I had never had any time off. I, I already said I worked full time college, law school. You know, I'd been working. <clears throat> I only took a three month leave with my son. So I really wanted to have this six month leave. So anyway, I go through the interview process. They end up making me an offer. And I, I, expressed to him how excited I was about the offer, but you know, you know, I literally have just had this child and I had planned to have a six month leave. And I really, you know, I really think it's important for me to be able to take that. <clears throat> and I explained why I just said, you know, I've worked my whole life. This is really kind of my only kind of window here. Our family's complete, really would like to have this time to kind of get everything set. And I thought for sure he was going to say, well, you know, then we'll have to, you know, we can't wait. Yeah. But instead he said, you know what? We really like you. Um, and so we'll wait. And so they did. And so I took my full six month leave and I started there. And then I ended up being here for the next 19 years of my career wow. while I was raising my kids all the way through until that daughter that was, you know, I interviewed the week that she was born, had started her first week of college and a recruiter reached out to me about this, this opportunity at MI. Um, and yeah, I was at the right, in the right mind space, you know, at that time to be considering what might be next for me. Yeah. And so long story short, I, I'm here and I've been here for going on three years. 
That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I, I was like jotting down so many notes while you were talking. Um, I'm just like, I'm in all of you. I just think it's so amazing that you just called your own shots. And I think that's what I really want women to get from this conversation is sometimes we're afraid to say the thing, right? We're afraid to say, I just had a baby, right? <laughs> or we're afraid yeah. to say, I want six months or this, this is what I want. It doesn't mean they have to say yes, but we should definitely feel confident enough to ask for the thing that we need to show up successful. I also want to say kudos to that employer. And that's a really great example of accommodating people and meeting them where they are and look at how loyal that made you. Right? Yeah. I'm sure you yeah. went into day one and was like, just so grateful that they gave you that time and that space and something that was so important to you and loyal enough to stick around for 19 years, which is insane. So there's a lot of gold there. And then also you started the conversation talking about this isn't a world meant for us and no, no wonder it's hard. And I saw this post not too long ago on Carrie Media. They advocate for working moms. And it said, we're sending our daughters into a workplace built for our dads. That's right. That's and right. And I'm like, oh, that's still, it's still true though. And yeah, so unless I have anything to do about it, right? And, and that's right. why we need more lighting in C-suites like you advocating right. and paving the way. And, and and yes, it is getting better. I should say that. I'm sure you experienced far more roadblocks than even I have just, you know, 20 years behind it in the life cycle. But it's, it's just so crazy that back then, it, it, we truly are like thankful for ladies like you that that took those courageous steps and asked the questions and maybe helped a few guys realize that <laughs> coming in tennis and jeans on a Friday afternoon yeah. on a Tuesday isn't the most realistic thing, but you did it anyway, right? Because when opportunity strikes, we we go for it. So kudos to you. Well, um, I think what's funny about that is he thought he was accommodating me, right? Because he right. didn't know. He thought he was making it easy for me. He really was sincere yeah. in trying to make it easy for me. Yeah. He just he's never been in my shoes. So right. he didn't really understand like how laughable that was, you know. Yeah. I mean, he and I actually since um, we would laugh about that. And then I think you and I are gonna talk about kind of another time when I had to advocate for myself with that mm -hmm. same, you know. Yeah. owner of that company. But it, it's just funny that, you know, I think sometimes you have to recognize, look, the effort was there on his part yes. to try to accommodate. He just didn't yeah. know how to do it. And so we sometimes, right. you know, have to direct. And so while I showed up for that interview on Friday, I couldn't fit in my jeans, but I did wear some comfy, stretchy pants. But yeah, that's a good reminder too, because I feel like I faced that a lot in my career too. You know, obviously home building is also male dominated, just like, you know, the, the legal side the legal world and you know there have been times where it's like i could tell my boss was so sincere but i had kind of what we call in the south like a bless your heart moment yeah, where it's like, yeah. you really tried bless your heart but yeah. you know, like you just don't get it and we need to have these conversations and so often people will challenge me and say hey abby like you're pro-woman so you must be anti-man and humble like absolutely not like no. this industry is amazing i've had phenomenal male mentors like we need all the voices heard all i want is just a little bit more empathy and understanding for the unique point of view and position that we're in and a little bit more space and grace for us to show up in different seasons of life the way that we need to. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you about is you've been through these seasons, right? You've been through college grad, getting the student loans, working yep. your butt off full time, yep. doing the grind to building a career, to making those conscious choices of what am I going to choose in my career so that I can still prioritize family 
And then now you're in a season where your kids are off in college and you're in a whole new season of life. And so I want to hit on all of those things. But first, like any other stories about, you know, being a woman in a male dominated industry and any advice that you can can give in terms of like holding your own. I know for you, I'm sure you've sat in plenty of rooms where you are one lady in a room of many men. Still the case. It's still mostly the case, even at yeah. this point in my career. I still am often the only the only woman at the table. Yeah, I imagine so. There's not a lot of C-suite women in our industry. And so how do you find your confidence in your voice in those moments? Oh, good question. So I think I think it starts with not apologizing for being a woman. Like, I don't make any kind of apologies, explanations, or anything for the fact that I am female. My, I am different. I yeah. think about things differently. Um, I, everything about me is different than it is about the men. I would say the one thing that that we have in common is that we're both very capable and we're both bringing something super valuable to the table. Right. And um, I'm, I've always been in, in conjunction with not ever apologizing for the fact that I'm female and that I, I, I am, I'm female, everything that's female, <laughs> that's what I am. Um, but I also am super confident. Like I know that I do a good job. Yeah. I work really hard. I have no, um, no doubt in what I bring to the table and that there's value in that. So I don't really try to be like anybody else around me. I just try to bring, to do my best and bring my best to the table. Um, and it's been proven time and time again that that's enough, that I don't really need to bring anything else. I don't need to make excuses for the fact that I'm a mother or for the fact that, you know, I approach a, a scenario or a situation differently because I'm female. Um, what I would hope that I'm helping to do is, is to encourage others to realize that there's value in that too, that there's value in the mm -hmm. female perspective in the workplace. And um, they're definitely, you know, we're definitely getting there, but um, that that's how I do it. I mean, I, it's, it, for me, it's really simple. It's, it's, not really making any apologies for anything about me that's different because I'm female. I don't try to be like one of the men. Yeah. Know? I don't even try to do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like them. I'm trying to just be me in the workplace and contribute what I contribute because I know my contribution is valuable. Yeah. I think that's huge to hear because I know early in my career, I felt like I had to take on the characteristics of my leaders, right? To feel like I was one of them. And, you know, it used to be like, oh, Abby's one of the guys. And like, I thought that was like a badge of honor. No, but after a while, yeah. I'm like, I don't like sports. Why am I doing this? Like, I don't like all this stuff. Like I wasn't being authentic to who I was, but I was doing what I felt like was mirroring, right? Which is a, a typical thing right. as you're growing in your career, mirror those around you. But the more I realized I'm going to stop acting like that is who I am. I'm going to start showing up as me. Things started to shift for me. I think I got a little bit more credibility. It was a unique voice at the table, which can go one or two ways. It can either be shut down quickly or it can be, oh, we've never thought of that before. Like you can be a great contributor of new ideas and innovation to your organization. Um, but also I just enjoyed being at work more. I think Brene Brown talks a lot about belonging versus fitting in. Yeah. And I think when I was in fitting in mode, it was like, oh, they like this version of me. 
Right. But once I started to show up more authentically, then it's like, oh, I belong here because they actually like the real me. And, and I think that's so crucial for long-term success in your career. You know, same thing, like I tell ladies who are interviewing, I'm like, ask the questions that are really important to you. Like be who, answer the questions honestly, because you want them hiring for you, not who they think you are. Well, and I would add to that, that you will actually gain more respect being authentically you than you will trying to just fit in and mirror who is ever around you. Um, And it's so funny that we're having this because that very same boss, we actually had this exact discussion one time. He and I were debating an issue and I was pushing him and he didn't like it. But that I didn't really care whether he liked it. This was an important issue that needed to be debated. And we, you know, we had a genuine disagreement and it was about, you know, something relative to probably one of the deals we're working on. I don't exactly remember the underlying discussion at the moment, but I remember we were, you know, he was pushing me, I was pushing back. We weren't really agreeing. And at some point during the conversation, he referenced another female at my organization who was actually in a subordinate um, administrative role. And um, which I was the only female that wasn't really in that kind of a role. And he said, well, you know, she is just one of the guys. Everybody kind of likes to have her around because she's one of the guys. Um, And I said, look, if you're looking for somebody to be one of the guys, that's not me. That doesn't benefit you for me to echo what you're telling me. So that's great for her. But I also see the way you treat her and you don't respect her. And I'm trying to be respected. I'm not trying to be one of the guys ever. So just so you know where I stand on that. And, 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 you know, that was kind of one of the times where that was a super uncomfortable situation, but like, let's set the record straight here. It is not my goal to be one of the guys. And I always had his respect. He always yeah. respected me because I pushed back. In fact, we are, you know, wonderful. We still have a great relationship. We always had a great relationship, but I still, I always had to stand up for myself. There were a lot of times and he, yeah. he said that exact thing. Well, we like her because she's one of the guys. I'm like, care who you like. This isn't about being liked, you know? <laughs> now, did that hurt me and did it bother me? And later, you know, did it make me think and evaluate, gosh, should I change? Sure. I had those conversations with no. myself at home and then came down with, no, I should absolutely continue doing because what I'm going for is to be respected, yes. not necessarily to be liked. If I can achieve both, that's great. But first I need to be respected. Yeah, that's That's huge. That's a powerful moment. One for yourself to just be confident enough to say that and to stand up, but also that acknowledgement and awareness that what you're asking me to do is to be a yes man. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I'm here for my ideas. You brought me here for the value that I add. I'm going to bring it in a respectful way, but I ask you to give me that same respect in terms of listening and validating my idea. It's, It's so interesting. I have this theme that keeps coming up with women that I coach where they find themselves in very uncomfortable situations like that and they pause and they're so afraid of making their boss or their coworker uncomfortable by addressing it that they remain in discomfort and i always say to them like why is it okay for them to be comfortable and not you and it is okay to say that challenging thing right like he probably needed to hear that like that rebuttal of you're just asking me to be a yes man and you're favoring her and you're you know, you actually don't see her as a peer because you just want following and that's not who I'm going to be. Like, that's an uncomfortable situation for him to sit in. And I'm sure just like you went home and questioned everything you said. Yeah, right. You went home and was like, okay, I need to think about this and process it. And 
I try to encourage women to, to speak up in those moments when you're feeling uncomfortable and express why, like why you're being challenged or right. why you feel this right. way. Because I think in those moments when we don't advocate for ourselves, that's truly when we lose our confidence because we're not exercising what I call like personal integrity, right? You're not standing up for your values. Right. And so I love hearing that story of you just kind of like owning it and being like, this is going to be really uncomfortable. And I'm not even sure if I'm saying the right thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, and one more kind of along those same lines. So the one thing I will say is keep in mind, it started with the very beginning when he hired me and I said, I need six months. Right. Yeah. I gained some confidence in that moment. Right. Cause he gave it to yeah. me. I said what I wanted and he gave it to me. So then let's fast forward. Cause I know this is, you know, a story that I shared with you before, and it was a truly pivotal moment in my career. And again, at this same company, cause of the bulk of my career, you know, growth was during that 19 years there. Um, so fast forward from my accepting the job and starting, and then now my two little kids have kind of grown up. My son, Ethan, is now in kindergarten and he was doing the after school program. And, you know, my husband and I, we're, we're both working. We've got, you know, two very active kids. I mean, you know, trying to keep all the plates spinning, right? You, you're, you're in yeah. this world. You know what this yep. is like. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Every day is different. You know, you do your best to keep all the plates spinning. Um, but there's not a lot of room for error, right? When you're, you're in that phase of life or it feels like it anyway. Um, so we, my son had started kindergarten and he's going to the after-school program and at the school. So those are really long days for him, right? He's getting on the bus early in the morning. He's having a whole school day and then he's having to stay after school for the after-school program. And, you know, you had to pick up by six o'clock or you would get some kind of penalty. And it just felt like I was always like coming in hot, you know, at six o'clock, despite my best efforts to get there earlier, just really having a hard time to get out of the office. So one day I pull up and he is the last kid. <clears throat> and he's sitting, I can see there are like side lights in the door. And as I pull up, I'm on the phone, like I'm on a conference call, like for work, right? I'm pulling up right up to the door and I can see him. And he's sitting there in the side lights on his little knees and he's got his backpack on and he's looking for me. And it stopped me in my tracks at yeah. that moment. I realized this is not working. This is not working for him. This is not working for me. This is not working. And so um, I began to talk to my husband about, look, I, I, I feel like something's got to give. And he felt the same way. He felt like something has to give. And so we had conversations about what that could look like, what could give. Well, I was really the one that wanted to be home, that wanted to have that time when he, that pivotal time of day when they get off the bus, when, right. you know, you hear everything about their day. Cause if you don't get it in that moment, you don't really get it. Like, gonna, right? The ship has <laughs> sailed. I really wanted to be the one to do that. And so we together agreed that I wanted to be the one to make a change. And I also felt like I could, that the, my work was perfectly set up for me to be able, you know, to do that. I had already kind of, I felt like proven my contribution at my company. I'd been there like five years. I was a valuable member of the team. I was really enjoying it, loving my coworkers, really, um, you know, wanted to keep my career desperately. But I'm at the beginning of my kids growing up and just feeling like I couldn't continue to do it in this way. So we decided that I would go and talk to my, my own, the owner of the company, the same man that I'm saying all these stories about, and that I would um, I would ask for a 
kind of non-traditional work schedule. I would just work the school day in the office, basically, and work the rest from home. I was already, you know, working after hours from home, doing all kinds of things right. from home. My work was easily transferable that way. But you have to keep in mind, nobody was working from home. That wasn't a thing at this time. Like, it's right. more of a thing now. It was not. Nobody was doing it. And so Steve and I, Steve's my husband, we decided, you know, I, I feel like I need to be prepared to quit. Like, I really don't want to quit, but I have got to feel strongly enough in this ask that if they don't give it to me, I am going to make a change. What's the first rule of negotiation? This is sales Abby coming in. Be willing to walk away. And to walk away. <laughs> yes. So yeah. you have to be willing to walk away, which yes. I, I cannot stress this enough, ladies. I, I love the story. I don't want to interrupt you too long. You have to, there are moments in your life where it is a deal breaker. Yes. And if that's the moment, then do everything you can to try to get what you want so you don't have to, but you know when it's willing to walk away. So well, go ahead. You don't enter into those moments right lightly, right? Yeah. Like we yeah. knew this was like, we were at a tipping point. We knew. Yeah. So I was willing to walk away, although I didn't want to, but I, right. I was going to. So I, you know, practice. My husband, we worked together to come up with, you know, kind of my pitch to him. I reserved time on his calendar and I went in and I laid out my pitch of what I wanted to do. And I had, I had offered, you know, that the, pro what the problem was. And then I'd also offered kind of the solution, you know, I had already thought about how we would work it with the other team members. And, you know, I really tried to think through recognizing I was asking for something that we was was non-traditional and that was going to be an adjustment not just for me but for really everybody so right. i had kind of thought about those solutions and everything so i bring it out of the table and after i'm done with my pitch he kind of sat back in his chair and looked up at the ceiling and kind of thought about it for a minute and i'm you know sitting there with bated breath waiting for what is he going to say and he said um you know nobody else here has really ever asked me for anything like that. None of the leaders here, you know, need anything like that. Well, guess what? They were all men. I was the only woman. Right. And this was one of those moments where I said the exact right thing. You know, so often you think about a moment later and you're like, oh, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said that. Always. <laughs> the exact right thing. I still feel like this was the exact right thing to say. So after he told me, you know, he's like, nobody else asked me for this. I said, I don't see what that has to do with me. Oh, so powerful. Because it doesn't have anything to do with me. The right. fact that nobody else has ever needed this. I don't care. I need this right. in this moment. I've laid this out for you. Let's talk about me. I'm not talking about everybody. And he said, after I said, I don't see what that has to do with me. He said, you know what? You're right. Let's give it a try. Oh, I love and it. I ended up staying there, keeping my career there. And you know what? By the time I left, almost everybody there was doing some sort of um, non-traditional work schedule. And we all made it work, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody, men, women, right. people with kids, yeah. people without kids, because let's face it, we all have lives outside of work. And so, um, and during that time, the growth of the company was phenomenal. I mean, we grew, we 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 worked together as a team and it was amazing. And I was able to keep my career. And I look back at that moment often as the moment um, that really was pivotal for me because it really allowed me to kind of keep um, to keep my career, you know, all the way up until now, because I was able then to shift and change 
with each phase um, yeah. that my family went through. Um, so, you know, I started out working the school day in the office, but I ended up, you know, doing all different sorts of things as they grew and changed. And the bottom line, the one thing that never changed was that I got my work done. I remained a valuable member of the team. Um, and um, was I proved that it could be done in other ways. So right. I love that you made family a non-negotiable, but you had a passion for wanting to keep your career and you advocated for finding that balance. And, and kudos to your boss for being like, you know what? Yeah, let's just try it. That's because right. in that moment, he could have said, no, it does matter. Like right. what I do for one, I hear this a lot. What I do for one, I have to do for all. Yeah. Right. And if, if yeah. I'm not comfortable doing it for everybody, then I'm not comfortable doing it for you. Sorry, Susan. I guess this is the end of your time. Like yeah. that conversation has happened for plenty of ladies yep. throughout the time. So kudos to him. And then how wonderful that it got to help other team members as well. And this is something I really encourage for ladies who are trying to advocate for something for themselves. It's often you're not the only one. Like right. for me, my husband was a stay at home dad. He felt a greater pull to be a present and, you know, active parent. And so he took on that role, but that doesn't also come with sacrifice. And there's plenty of men in the workforce that would like to make it to the baseball games right. too. Right. And that would like to at least do pick up a couple of days a week and get those good little juicy nuggets right. right after school. Like this, this is, I think I always try to tell people like it's, it's women advocating because we do genuinely have the greater pool to be there for our kids, but it really is about protecting the family unit and not letting work take over so much of our lives that we miss out on this really valuable and small season in, in yes. the scope of how big life is. Yes. Which we're going to talk about later yes. that, you know, life keeps going, right? Yes. These, these treacherous seasons are but for a moment. Like I feel very different now with an eight and a six year old than I did with a three and a one year old. <laughs> like right. it's just a different, different world. Um, so I love it. And I made a couple of notes. Um, you had said, you know, that first conversation asking for the six months was a huge confidence boost. And I'm sure you relied on that experience to give you the courage to ask for this flexible schedule. Right. Right. And I really want to stress to ladies that none of us are born innately confident. No. Confident is a byproduct of courageous action. And the more you do the scary thing, the more you have the difficult conversation, the more you embrace that discomfort, that is how your confidence grows. And so ladies that come to me and they're like, I have a zero confidence. I'm like, when's the last time you took action for yourself? Right. Well, never, Abby. Okay, well, that's step one. <laughs> Let's right. just have one super uncomfortable right. conversation. And you can't control the outcome. But either way, you're going to feel proud of yourself for doing the thing. Um, so I think that's huge. And then also... You talked about like balancing a lot of plates. And I heard this thing recently where like, hey, working parents in general, we are juggling a lot of like balls, right? Like we've got right. a lot of balls in the air. And this lady said, the art is in keeping the glass ones up and letting the yep. plastic ones fall. That's right. And so like, I can almost like see you in that moment in that drive through saying, I'm going to let all these plastic ones fall because my son is a glass ball, like yes. being there for my kids, like yes. that's yes. worth protecting. And so it's just such a beautiful story. And I think so many moms can relate to that. I think we've all had that moment when we're like, this isn't working anymore. Right. Because as seasons change, we need adaptability. And I really want to encourage employers to consider that, right? Like how can we create, I, I completely understand that everybody can work remote. Not every position warrants remote work, but how can we create flexibility Right. And understand that it's seasonal. Right. Right. Uh, right. You know, my mother-in-law did a great job of this. She was a single parent. 
and she she didn't have a lot of resources or a lot of money to even afford after school care so it was always hey can i come in at seven and leave at three so i can be there when the bus is done right like she had her and she'd have a neighbor help in the morning like she changed and then as school routines changed she's like okay i'm eight to four now does that still work yeah yeah those are difficult conversations to have in the 80s but she found a way to make it work because that's what she needed. And so we definitely need to have more conversations. And I think we should find a way to maybe not have it have to be this big pitch. Maybe it's just a conversation like, hey, kids are in school now. What do you need? <laughs> like, right, exactly. You know, conversation as a leader, like, how can I support you in this season? And what do you need? And I think we'd find really great solutions. And like you said, at your organization, growth and productivity can still happen within flexibility because you hire the right people. You hire people where to, for you, Susan, doing well professionally was also a glass ball. And you weren't gonna let that drop. You weren't gonna let that drop and that's good and that's okay. I think sometimes, you know, we think it's an either or and I don't think it has to be either a successful career or a successful parent. I think we can be both with a little bit of courageous action and a lot of support and a lot of, you know, advocating, but we can, we can create that for ourselves. Well, and what just to, illustrate your glass ball, plastic ball example, what I always tell myself that's kind of the same thing is let the main things be the main things. Yes. Let the main things be yeah. the main that's thing. A Stephen Covey thing. I think that's a Stephen Covey quote. Yeah. Let the yeah. main thing be the main thing. Yeah. I mean, there aren't that many main things, right? right. But let those guide you and everything else yeah. is kind of secondary to that. So to me, there were really only a couple of main things. I wanted to keep my career, but I also, you know, wanted to be able to be there for my kids. And I, I saw that those two could marry together. I just needed to yes. convince, um, you know, him to give me a chance to show yeah. him that that could yeah. happen. Yeah. And that's also a really good example of a powerful pitch. Like you practiced it, you scripted out with your husband, you didn't just bring the problem, you also brought the solution. These are really great tips for ladies who are wanting to grow in any way in your, in your career that when you're gonna ask for something, you gotta have the answer to. Like, well, it wasn't a problem for the company. It was a problem for me. Right. So I was trying to solve my problem, right? So right. you're right. I had to bring, I really thought through, what will this mean? I'm the one that needs and wants this. So let yeah. me figure out how, you know, to make that work. Yeah. Um, and I think that was part of why he said, let's give it a shot. I, you know, we. I had thought through it. And so yeah. I had already in my pitch told him, you know, look, I recognize that'll result in this issue and this issue and this issue. And here's how I propose that we could, you know, work through those challenges. And mm -hmm. I think this can work and I'm willing to, you know, can I even offered it on a, like a trial run. Can we do it? You know, can we do like a six month trial run and like revisit and see what's working and not working or continual yeah. communication? I mean, but you're right. It was, I think so often what happens and I see this here with people um, in my workplace now that want to advocate for themselves, they have a problem, right? And so they'll say, well, I want this. Yeah. But they don't offer, they don't, they don't acknowledge that it's actually their problem, not the company's problem. And they right. don't bring any of the solution. When yeah. you do it that way, it looks like entitlement. Ah, right? powerful. Yes. When you yeah. do it that way, it looks like you feel like you're entitled to it. You all you've done is brought a problem. You've done nothing right. to help solve this, you right. know. So right. I think that's the difference, right? That's how you get what you want without looking like coming across as entitled. Yeah, because because you are having a respect for other people and you understand right. this is going to create this is going to create a new way. Um I'm reminded of, you know, really good 
exercise I used to play as a leader before we rolled something out, it was, if we do this, then what happens? Right. Yeah. And so it's almost like I'm going to present this problem, my solution, but then you're going to take it a step further and say, and if I do this, then I understand that my teammates are going to need this and you're going to need that for me. And here, you know, you vetted it out beyond just the ask, right. which I think is really, really valuable. Um, so just for the sake of time, because I feel like I could chat with you like all day, but you're busy lately. You've got places to be. Um, I want to just ask you like two more questions. Okay. One, now, you know, a big part of what I do as a coach is I like to find ladies who I, I support ladies who are where I was, right? Because I feel like that's the best value I can add, right? I can't help you necessarily as much as I can help me of yesteryear, right? But you are to me like a mentor and and somebody that I look up to and oh my gosh, look what she's accomplished and and all these things. Thank so you. from where you're standing today down the line, making it to C-suite and home building, which is amazing as a woman and uh, you know, a C-suite position in legal, which is huge for a woman as well. What does that look like now in this new phase of life? So your kids are in college, right? Yeah, so actually my son's in law school. He's a second year law student, so he's out of college. And my daughter is a senior in college. So she'll be graduating here in May of this year, which is super exciting. So yeah, so give us like a little sneak peek of the season of life that you're in now. And how is all that hard work paying off for you now? Yes, okay. Gosh, there's a lot to unpack there. So let me let me try to try to do it in in um, a, a succinct way. So first of all, I'll say I'm so thankful I fought for my career and kept my career. What I have seen happen to so many of my you know female friends, colleagues, different people who have maybe made different choices along the way and maybe gave up their careers to be that full time parent. And again, no judgment of, of that choice. But they are struggling more with being an empty nester because their purpose now was parenting. And that purpose is kind of gone because, you know, your kids get older. And if you've done your job right, you kind of become advisory counsel. Right. You're not so much actively parenting. I mean, I my husband and I definitely consider ourselves a resource for our kids and kind of more advisory counsel. But the reality is. They're, they are doing a great job making choices for themselves and going out and finding their way out into the world. And um, we get to be observers of that and cheerleaders of that and root them on. But it also gives us time to kind of focus now more back on Susan, right? I used to always tell my kids, um, I am your mom. Yes, that is my favorite role. However, I am also Susan and you should respect me as a person. Like I had all these hopes and dreams and desires and skills and um, attributes before you were born and I still have them and I'm still gonna have them after. Like right. I am still, I didn't lose myself in motherhood, I guess. I mean, I reveled motherhood, I loved motherhood, but I still kept my separate identity and that's, that's really helped me transition. Becoming an empty nester has kind of been celebratory almost because we're rooting our kids on great things are happening for them. It gave me the time to make this big change. I moved for this job, which I never would have considered moving yeah. when the kids were home. Right. I would have I personally would not have disrupted our family life in that way. But they were both out of the house. It freed up the brain space to do it. Um, and I'm, I am now at the point of my career, I'm in my early fifties. So I've got, you know, a pretty long horizon 
ahead of me. And I often say, people don't think about this window. We don't think about the window between parenting yeah. and retirement. Yeah. It's a great time. Oh, I am here to tell you this yeah. window is worth thinking about. This yeah. is super fun. Like yeah. the pressure's off. We've done the hard work. I can focus on my career. I've I have gained enough experience that I'm valuable. People listen to me, right? I have something to offer. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I can share where I've been, what's worked for me, what hasn't. And and my voice is heard, right? I, I've got, I've kind of gained a platform that I've put together gradually over all those yeah. years that I worked through and all the phases that we've been through. But probably the sweetest, sweetest part is what I said kind of earlier. Um, and that's that my kids respect me as a professional and as a person, and, and they respect me as a business advisor to them, right? They're yeah, not just running yeah. and talking to their dad. Yeah, right? that's well, I know what mom thinks to my son's in law school. My husband and I are both lawyers. He often says, I'd rather have a career like mom's than like dad's, which is kind of funny. Wow. Um, I feel like the way my own kids view women in the workplace is they don't really think about it, right? They just see another person in the workplace who's who's perfectly capable. Um, they've grown up watching me, you know, be flexible. They therefore have learned to be flexible, right? I need yeah, to flex my whole life. I feel like everything about my career, while I didn't know it, what I'm learning now is it was all an example to them. Right. It was all an example to them that has also helped them become you know, young professionals, young people going out into the world. And um, it's it's really been a beautiful thing. I mean, watching them now both start their careers and be consulted is, it feels good, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, this is, it's worth it. I'm so happy that I hung on to my career. And the thing is, I guess when I was younger, I kind of thought you get to the point where you feel like you've got it. Like I looked up to older people when I was younger and thought, well, they know everything. They know. Guess what? I don't. I still have a lot to learn and I love it. I love being yeah. in a season in life where I can actually spend more time learning, right? I can spend more time on issues and problems and kind of the big stuff now because I have it. Um, I still am continuing to be challenged and grow. And even though I have um, reached the C-suite, the C which is kind of a pinnacle, you know, position, career position, I still feel like I have a lot of growth. I'm, you know, pursuing board opportunities. And there's there's always something else I can kind of be right. working on. And so the growth doesn't stop, um, yeah. which is exciting. I'm so glad it doesn't. I'm so glad I don't like, haven't learned everything I need to know to be successful yeah. or to be challenged. Um, the growth doesn't stop. Um, and it's worth it. It's worth it. I, for me, I think I, I shared with you, even with all my confidence and all my advocating and all my gaining what I needed to keep my career, I don't think there was a year that went by that I didn't think about, should I keep doing this? Should, this is hard. It is yeah. hard. I don't want to leave here acting like, oh, this was so easy because I advocated. Yeah. For myself. No. It was easier because I advocated for myself. It was still very hard to right. keep the plate spinning. And so there wasn't a year that went by that I didn't kind of question that. 
But man, looking back, I'm so glad that every time I came down to know this is worth it. I want to keep going. I, I, I want to see what this looks like and see this through. And so now I am kind of on the other side since I have grown kids mm -hmm. and it is confirmed that I am, I, it is worth it. It is, yeah. and there's more growth, you know, to be had and it's, it is easier now. I will say it is easier. I have less plates that I'm spinning. Right. right. So it is easier. So yeah. it gets better. Yeah, I always say to my husband, like, what do we do with our free time before kids? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know. I feel like we wasted it, right? We didn't, we didn't do anything because now it's like in that season, I feel like there are so many more things you can learn and do and excel. But it's so inspiring to hear that, you know, for those of us who are in what I call like the messy middle, right, which is this yes. parenting, this career growth that's kind of happily, happening simultaneously, it is hard. It and is. you are going to question it every single day, right? Especially when there are those moments where you're running late for pickup or you're late to a meeting, or, you know, I remember having to leave meetings to, to pump. <laughs> it's like, is all of this even worth it? I don't know to be determined, but it's really nice to hear from somebody on the other side and is like, yes, it's worth it. Yes, it's worth well, it. And I think when you're in that messy middle, there are so many days that you feel like, I don't think I'm doing any of this right. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm failing at all of it, right? Yeah. I mean, I can think about in my career, there would be times where it felt like my career was maybe getting a little bit more of my time. And then yeah. there would be other times when it really felt like my family was needing more of my time. I mean, people do a lot of talking about balance and everybody's got their different way of looking at balance. For yeah. me, I think balance needs to be looked at on a really long horizon, right? Like right. It, looking back maybe over the year, how much balance did I achieve, you know, as opposed to looking at it day by day or week by week, because- yeah you know, life comes at you in different ways. Sometimes it might be a more difficult project at work that is taking more of your time. Sometimes it's like, geez, my kid's really going through a phase that we're really struggling with or where they really need me. And so now I feel like I'm really focused more over here. Um, the only thing I can say about that is that's about right. That's okay. If that's yeah. happening to you, that's okay. Be yeah. where you need to be in that moment. And don't think a whole lot about, you know, the fact that, that's where you have to be at that moment. Just yeah, I, I think that's where the stress comes yeah. from, though, right? Like, I think the stress comes from feeling like you can't be where you're needed most. Yeah. And I think yeah. if we, and that's why I like to throw out the word balance. I try not to use it too much, even though it's like a buzzword. I try not to use it too much because it isn't about, <clears throat> I spent 50% of my day at work and 50% no. of my day with my kids. It's not a real life thing. It is about, like what you said earlier, keep the main thing the main thing. If your kids are struggling and they need additional support, find a way to prioritize that without guilt. Right. And if work has a really big project and it needs your extra attention, then find your way to prioritize that, communicate that with your family so that you can do so without guilt. And right. if your health is really important and it's failing, please God prioritize that over anything else so that you can show up great for your family and for your work that you do. And so I think what we need to encourage people is just to say the thing, hey, I'm in a season where my kids are a priority. And find a way to protect that and self-advocate yeah. for that. And I think it's really encouraging to hear one that, you know, I think oftentimes we put people who have really accelerated their careers, we kind of put them on pedestals. Like, oh, Susan's so great. She's the exception, right? Like it was easy for her or whatever, yeah. you know? So it's so nice to hear that the journey is hard. The journey's worth fighting for. You need to advocate. And there are going to be times where, you know, I always say there, there's been a few moments in my career where I'm like, I'm about to commit career suicide for the betterment of me, 
right? But it almost always turned out to be also for the betterment of my career in the long run, because taking care of you takes care of those other parts of your life too. And, you know, you saying, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to ask for this balance. I could get fired. They could say no, and I quit. Um, or we could do it. And it's a hot mess. You know, yeah. who knows? But you went for best case scenario and best case scenario work for you. And so I think we need to encourage people that like, you don't have to, <laughs> excuse me, you don't have to change the dream. If the dream is to have the career, if the dream is to have the family, if the dream is to have both, whatever that dream is for you. Um, but sometimes you might need to change your path. That's right. And in that regard, and I say this to my kids all the time, there are a million paths to success. Yes. There is not just one. Yes. There is not one way. It, with any problem that you have, there are a multitude of ways that problem can be solved. So if the path that you're on, if the solution that you're on isn't working for you, just find a different one. It's there, I promise yeah. you. There are There is not a single yeah. answer to any problem. There are multiple right ways to get to the same solution yeah. and end. Oh, that's so wonderful. You're such a good mom. What great advice. That's wonderful, wonderful. Thank wonderful. you. Thank now, you. I'm going to wrap it up because we are coming closed on our time, but is there any last tips of advice that you have for any woman out there who's climbing the corporate ladder and or trying to quote unquote balance being a working mother? Any tips that you would give as a final? Yeah, I think there are two things I would say. And one is please, 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 please show up as authentically you be a woman in the workplace. Yeah. Be a woman in the workplace and be everything that a woman is. So you don't don't feel like you have to blend in, stand out, just bring yourself to the table. That I think is number one. And that is much harder um, to do than to say. I recognize that. And then the second thing, and this worked for me and you pretty much said it at the end, take care of yourself first. Figure yeah. out what that is that you need. For me, I start every day with a three-mile walk. Um, and that time for me is really beneficial. It, For one, it helps me get set up for my day. You know, it helps me organize my thoughts. I get a little bit of exercise. I get a little fresh air, you know, a little bit of movement to start my day. By the time I finish that walk, I'm kind of ready, you know, to tackle it. And I keep that time as sacred. Now that means I get up pretty early in the morning because that's about the, you know, it's just the early morning hours where there aren't a lot of demands on my time, but it's so worth it. Um, and that probably looks different for everyone, but but take care of yourself first. You can't really be good to anybody else if you're not good. So make sure you're good. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. You gotta fill nope. yourself up first. Nope. Well, wonderful. Well, Susan, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on here and sharing. I think this, uh, conversation is going to just speak to so many ladies. I know it's, you know, inspired me in a million and one different ways. So I'm so grateful for your time. If anybody wants to reach out to you and just like say thanks for the episode or pick your brain, uh, where's the best place for them to reach you? Yeah, that's great. I would, I would love to hear from anybody. I'm happy to, you know, have follow up conversations. This has been, um, really fun for me. And I do hope that somebody, something I had to say will resonate with somebody. So the best place to reach me is probably by email. And that's um, scrony at mihomes.com, which is S-K-R-O-H-N-E at mihomes.com. Perfect. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes too, ladies. So you have a quick way to link to it. Well, thank you again. And thank you all for tuning in. It's a bye for now. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.